Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We mic Sam up uh, so we can listen to him, the way he's handling the, the, the huddle calls, how he's handling things at the line of scrimmage. Uh, it's given us a lot of insight in, into that. Uh, we're going to do it with all our quarterbacks, but we started with Sam um, last week. And uh, so it, it's really interesting to watch the way you can see he's stepping into the huddle. He's taking charge, taking command. You know, I'm mic'd up when I'm saying the play calls and at the line of scrimmage. So it's been fun. I mean, it's a good opportunity for me to learn and, and hear what I sound like because um, it's something I've really never heard before. Um, but, yeah, it is. When, when they first said they were going to do it, I, I was kind of shocked because I've never heard of uh, somebody doing it, but I think it's a great idea, and it's definitely been it's been fun to hear their feedback and stuff like that. For all quarterbacks, it's a it's a tool um, to help uh, really um, drive home certain coaching points and and uh, and just see what they're seeing to to be uh, on the same page as the player. Juxtapose that kind of detail. For emphasizing coaching points and getting the players to be the best possible performers on the field they can be with what we just spent the last 50 minutes talking about. If you guys, and, and this goes to all the coaches out there, because we know they watch. We know they pay attention. If you guys are going to go to all these creative lengths to try to get the most out of your players on the field, why in the f- are you not talking to these guys individually, looking them in the eye, and putting the fear of God into them to not bet on anything on their phones. You're in charge of your teams. It's your job to do it. And I would suspect that some of them are, but clearly not all of them. Dan Campbell's got four, maybe five, that are going bye-bye because of it. Somebody needs to understand that the coaches and all these people that are coming up with all these high-end ways to maximize performance. And I don't want to keep pushing this point, but it's a critical point. That same kind of care needs to be put into telling the players, don't eat the apple. I, I mean, yes, but you know, at a point too, right, Mike, like it, it does, you know, the coaches a little bit, yeah, they're worried about football. They've they're going, wait, we've said it in meetings. They've watched a video that they all hemmed and hawed about for 45 minutes. And what else? I, I, they don't want me to babysit them all the time. So there comes a point where you go, hey, that's a grown man. He knows the rules. He was in the meeting. I've said it and looked the guy in the eye and said it already in another meeting. And that's where I have a hard time. You know, I, I know from enough coaches and people around league that this is not like something that's like, hey, they say it at the start of April and then it's never talked about again. You know, it, it, it is thrown out there. So we'll see. But, um, hey, I don't know. You it's, know. The biggest, it's the biggest problem right now in the NFL. It's the biggest problem right now. And – the NFL needs to be concerned about it, you know, and, and maybe the NFL needs to reconsider the money that it is going to gladly accept from all the sports books out there. Maybe that's sending mixed messages to the players. Maybe the players emerge from this confused. Maybe they justify their actions by saying it's okay for the guy up in the luxury suite to get paid by DraftKings and FanDuel, but it's not okay for us to use their product. There's a hypocrisy there that, you know, it's just, it is what it is. But it, it, it may be influencing, influencing this behavior at some level. All right, let's move on to this mic'd up technology. Um, what's your thought on it, and, and how do you think it may have helped if they had used something like this back in your day? But, you know, I mean, how do you think you got that great video of me not being able to speak English and talk? I mean, <laughs> and, and say, say the freaking play. John Gruden was doing this, right? 
John Gruden did this, so he was ahead of his time as far as this is this is concerned. And I, I think there's other teams that have done this as well, right? It, it's just a good way. Again, get get prepared. You know, uh, get, get a, another way to prepare yourself for the regular season, and especially with young quarterbacks. It's great because it's about hey, process, process in the huddle, process of the line of scrimmage, trying to make same, things the same way time after time, right? Hey, you made a mistake here and and pointed over here, and you should have been over here and looking over here and pointing to this guy. Why the hell are you underneath the center looking over here when you know the play in this defense that the problems might be over here? So those are the things. Now you know, as you're a coach on the field. Right, you're trying to watch everything. Wait, did our receiver line up the right way? Ooh, what defense are in? So you're not always, you know, in on like what exactly the quarterback was looking at every second of the pre-snap part of the process. There, now they can go into the meeting room and go, oh, okay, all right, I got I got a feel for what he was saying, what he was looking at, everything there, how he's communicating to players, you know, how he can improve that. And I think it's a it's a great thing. Again, it's just another inkling of getting your quarterback and your team you know, being cohesive and and working as a unit. By the way, since you brought it up, for any late arrivals to the PFT Live party who haven't seen it before, here's a little. Chris Sims mic'd up back in 2003. Oh, man, I can't take it. Green light X, shift the Viper right. 382 X stick look. Here we go, guys. Green How right. How can I not X, say it? Shift the Viper right. 382. Y stick looky. I want X stick looky, looky, you stupid dolt. Scattered west right. There's, a, there's a lot of distractions <laughs> then. You're dealing with swamp ass on the center. You're dealing with Gruden spitting all over your face. But this is, you know, he's getting you ready for the fight. He is. Well, as I've told you, look at Rich Versace in the background behind the running back there. He's looking with his, like, a, a cockeyed head like, what the hell? This, this idiot blonde kid from Jersey. Stupid. <laughs> but I remember one thing that you said when we were discussing a, this dynamic at one point in the past, the idea that you actually perform better in the games because you didn't have to worry about Gruden constantly yelling at you, no constantly doubt. in your face, right. constantly shutting down practice to come out and berate you. So there was a freedom that you felt in the games that you didn't feel at practice. Uh, I it, I just can remember that, you know, that first preseason game going – Man, woo! Thank God that little five eight Mussolini ain't behind me yelling at me all the time. <laughs> uh, the damn dictator's away. I can finally be free and play football. But it, there was a, a method to his madness there, and that yeah, when we were at practice, he was always hurry, hurry, get out of the huddle, hurry, get to the line of scrimmage. What are you doing? Start the process. And so when you got to the game. He was already programmed me to hurry, get out of the huddle. Let's get going. Let's get to the line of scrimmage. Let me do the dummy snap count. And, you know, yeah, I was programmed, let alone it was it was almost like less pressure because I didn't have him yelling at me and, and micromanaging everything I did. If you could only just stay on the field and not have to leave, <laughs> not right. have to go to the sideline or the locker room or the meeting rooms or the practice field. Okay, so this is all the precursor to the follow-up that we kind of tripped into yesterday. Proven versus unproven quarterbacks because we did the draft of unproven quarterbacks with the highest expectations and for some it's like well does this guy count as proven or unproven let's start with Tua Tonga-Vailoa because you and I both wrestled with that right and we're very sensitive to the very strong pro Tua component out there that believes he's just an MVP waiting to happen and if he could just play all 17 games they would go to the Super Bowl and they would win it and and maybe they're right I don't know is he proven in your eyes, or is he unproven? I, he, he's a tough one. I, I, I do. I think he's like what I would really want to say if I was to add context to it is go. He's, I guess, technically still unproven, but on the verge of being proven. It's very close, right? I'd like to see a little more. I think there can be some questions still about the play on the field a little, like we saw. You know, later in the season when teams started to get a, get a feel for their offense a little bit, somebody finally put, put put out a blueprint on, hey, do this, and you can make life, you know, hard on the Miami Dolphins, whether it was the Chargers and some of the things the 49ers did. The 49ers game, hey, there was people open in that game and big plays to be had, and they took away some of the easy throws, and he didn't hit some of those throws. So that's where I just go between, you know, just wanting to see a little more on the field, and, yeah, more on Tua rather than Mike McDaniel setting it up all the time just to make it real easy. 
And I, I think the, you know, staying healthy part of it, too, goes into that conversation as well. So I'm going to say unproven, but, man, he's on the cusp of being proven. It's very close. There's some strong circumstantial evidence that I think supports the idea that he's unproven. This takes me back to my lawyer days. Yeah. I just thought of this as we were having this conversation. He was drafted in 2000. Yes, that's what, this he's is part of it, too. three NFL seasons. Right. Three NFL seasons. Yeah. Now, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, they're instantly in the conversation. When are they going to get their next contract? It's just a matter of time. They'll surely have it before the season starts. Nobody's saying that about Tua. Right. Nobody's saying, what are the Dolphins doing? Where's his new contract? Nobody's clamoring That's for a great Tua point, to get his Mike. new contract. That's right. And, and we discussed previously, the picking up of the fifth-year option may have had some... Take the pressure off Tua. Un- right. Right. We, we, right. We don't want him to spend the year thinking we don't want him because we've already been through the Tua thinks we don't want him phase and it didn't go well for anybody. So we need to support him. We need to show him that we believe in him as he tries to get himself to a point where he can stay healthy, as he tries to prove himself in all ways. We know when he's healthy and when he's on the field, he can run the offense the way we need him to, and he can be very effective and he can be potentially a franchise quarterback. Yeah. But we can't have him spending the 2023 season thinking the whole time, I don't think they want me. I don't think they want me. Because we've seen how he plays when he has those doubts. Now, now, is that the level of mental toughness you need to be successful with the quarterback position over the long haul? That's a different discussion altogether. They're trying to get the most out of him this year. And the way to get the most out of him this year is to make the investment next year. Yeah. So he knows he's taken care of this year. Yeah. And they want him next year, too. Next year, they'll worry about long-term contract. They'll worry about figuring something out. For this year, they just needed that that carrot, right. that that olive branch, that peace offering, that tangible gesture that shows Tua they're not having doubts. They're not waffling. They're not treating him like Daniel Jones. They know they want him. I feel like... That's why they did it, not because of the football abilities and the ability to stay on the field. So for those reasons, I think he's unproven. Yeah. The biggest one, though, is no one's saying when's Tua getting his contract. I agree. If he was proven, right. we all would We would be. already be doing that, that. That's probably the point of it, right? Yeah, I, I think we're, we're both like last year he started down the path of proving himself. But it was one year, and he was hurt and missed time. And there's things to worry about there. And let's not forget, too, like you're, like you're saying – you know, the other guys you mentioned, they proved themselves in their rookie year right away. You know, we go back into Tua's history. This is stuff he has told us. I mean, one, he was splitting time with other quarterbacks and dealing with that. Two, last year, I mean, that was he let us all know before the season that he wasn't handling things like a professional and doing the little things that needed to be done to be successful as a quarterback. So, yeah, I can't say he's unproven. Like, I mean, not proven yet. He's 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 getting close, but I got to see a little bit more quality play for sustained time this year to start saying that. Remember, he admitted two years ago that when he was a rookie, one of the reasons they were putting Ryan Fitzpatrick in in certain key moments that, is he didn't know, know the, the two minute offense and the audibles, right? Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't able to run it, so right. they went with Ryan Fitzpatrick instead. That's why they were doing it, not because mm-hmm. they didn't have faith in his abilities. He didn't have faith in his ability to go out and run the offense. So well, why not? And and all that talk last year about all the things he's doing, pregame, right? All the stuff. Yeah, he wasn't doing it before. Exactly. Right. So it's part of the development. Exactly. But he still has to punch through. He yep. has to punch through that ceiling. The key this year, as we know, is durability. And he's either going to be able to avoid the hits that cause his helmet to strike the turf, or he's not. We'll see. It's one of the one of the great mysteries of the twenty. 23 season. All right, Derek Carr. It's weird to put him in this category. Is he proven or is he unproven? I mean, if he was proven, the Raiders... Look, when you have a proven franchise quarterback, you never let him go. The fact that the Raiders let him go makes you wonder whether he's proven. But then the Saints clamored to get him. Do you call him unproven? I don't know. Where does he fall for you? I, I'm going to say he's he's proven to me. I think with Derek Carr, the question is, you know, how good is he? How is he... You know, is he a big-time, legitimate franchise quarterback? 
or is he a guy now that, okay, yeah, he holds down the fort for a year or two or whatever? I do think he's proven, though. He's proven that he's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, that he can do a lot of good things in the pocket, make decisions. He's had moments and stretches of being clutch in the fourth quarter. Yeah, last year it didn't work. It was a different in, difference, I think, in philosophy and coaching and, and everything, let alone it's a new regime that's like, hey, wait, we'd like to start this you know era of, with, with, with a quarterback that we can formulate the right way, like Gruden was doing to Derek Carr a little bit. So they, they want their own, you know, their own artiste at quarterback. But I do think he's proven. Now, we can how good he is, you know, how much he should be paid. Does he deserve to be, you know, on a short-lifted star quarterback? That, I think, is debatable. But I, I do think he's proven at this point in his career. I think that's the key. He is who he is. Yes. He's reached his right. maximum level mm-hmm. of performance. He's Kirk Cousins proven, right? He is exactly what he is. And you know what you get, and can you put the team around him to allow his skill set to maximize your broader right. objectives? That's, that's right. the key. I think that's so well said. He's he's reached his ceiling. Right. He's he's re- he's surpassed his floor. He's reached his ceiling. We know exactly who he is. We know what he is. Just like that that cut of mid range quarterbacks, non top ten guys. We know who they are. It's highly unlikely they're going to get any better. If they ever win a championship, it's going to be because it's going to be because they have a team around him that lifted him up like we've seen teams do in the past. Doesn't happen very often these days. Usually it takes a franchise quarterback, but you can't have a situation where a team lifts a guy up like the 49ers almost lifted Jimmy Garoppolo up a few years ago to a Super Bowl right. win. That can happen. That's that's the only way Derek Carr is getting his hands on a Lombardi trophy. It's not going to be because he comes out and has a 50-touchdown season or just suddenly just unlocks this franchise quarterback performance. He is who he is. So in that regard, I agree he's proven. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, he, He's done a lot of good things in football. He's shown he can lead offenses. He has been to the playoffs. I know it's only one time. It's technically two. He led another team to the playoffs, too, and broke his leg late in the year. So that's where he doesn't get the credit for that, too. I think he's done enough to say he's proven, and you're right. It's just about, you know, where does he stand in the hierarchy of quarterbacks and on a given year, can he get hot and and maybe make a few plays with a team that, like you said, has the right formula around him where he can push them over the top, and that's where I still think Derek Carr can. Yeah, he's not going to carry the squad, like you said, but he can still do a lot of things and, and be the general of the ship. Okay, next one. Geno Smith. Been in the NFL a long time. Yeah. He's in his 30s now. Right. Drafted in 2013. Right. Exiled from the Jets, bounced around as a backup, was in Seattle long enough to convince them that he had some potential if and when Russell Wilson moved on. He had one great year. His best year in the NFL by far. Is he proven or is he unproven? He's unproven. You can't, I, you can't say one year just proves the guy – you know, is a legit franchise. Wait, we got our guy for the next for the foreseeable future. That 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 that's that to me is not reality in the NFL. It was a really good year. He showed the ability and the promise and the potential to be our proven starting quarterback here for some time. He showed that, but he's got to do that. You know, I got to see it more than once. Like, Mike, I got a lot of people who are like, "Wait, you put Russell Wilson over Geno Smith in your quarterback rankings?" Well, yeah, okay, it's about how they rank overall, right? If we went just on last year, okay, yeah, Geno played better than Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson, the 10 years before that, was significantly better. I can't just erase that in totality and say, oh, Geno Smith's a better player than Russell Wilson now just because of one year, right? No, I can't. You know, there were some circumstances around that that led to both of those, and we'll see where it goes from here. But, yeah, as it stands right now, got the traits and the ability to be a proven starting quarterback, but just has to do it and show us. I can't just go off of one season. Well, and consider this. And if we're going to use circumstantial contractual evidence to support our kid. There you go again, right. He was on track to become a free agent. Right. Clark. Let's presume his agents did their jobs and tampered or at least induced teams to tamper to find out what else may have been out there. Right. He could have forced his way to the franchise tag. I'm not sure the Seahawks would have used it because they can walk away from this current contract. They can rip it up with one year, $28 million. That's less 
by several million than what the franchise tag would have been. I hadn't thought of that before right now. If they can escape this after one year, $28 million, that tells me they weren't going to use the tag on him, and that tells me he wasn't going to find a better deal on the open market than what the Seahawks gave him. Three years, 105, great. Read the contract, one year, 28, and they can move on. He's not proven because the team that he's playing for doesn't regard him as proven. If they did, that contract would have greater guarantees than one year and 28. That's million. right. They got to see it, too. They want to see it another year. You know, geez, you know, even me had a decent year in one year. That didn't mean I was proven. If idiots like me can have a good year, then damn, anybody can. Even see? me. <laughs> even me had a decent year. Yes, you've just proved your point. Exactly. <laughs> so there you go. I can't even speak English and I got had a decent year. All right. So it, I'm amazed <laughs> you were able to read the no gambling signs. You, I, made, I meant to insult you with that earlier. Hey, well, you, a you know, kid and you're the locker room. You could actually read. Kid can't even read. I'm from New Jersey. I knew lots of vetoes. I know how to read a gambling policy okay i know Vito and gino and all of them all right so i know the gambling policy uh but yeah i i you know again i like what i saw from gino certainly he's got a lot there but you're right they would have paid him more you know they would have uh not talked about maybe drafting a quarterback at pick number five if he was proven and i still think there's a lot of people out there that think if anthony richardson was there he they would have taken him so you know i think those all point to he's not proven in our eyes or their eyes quite yet yeah we weren't ready to sign on to that whole taking a quarterback at number five and making it all about the quarterback after you've finally gotten away from it being all about Russell Wilson, but there are people who really do believe if he was there at five, the Seahawks would have pounced right. on Anthony Richardson. Kyler Murray, first overall pick in 2019. He's got the big contract. I mean, if we're going to use that circumstantial yeah. contractual evidence for others, you got to use it for him. Is he proven or is he unproven? I, I, I'm going to say proven. I am. I mean, Kyler Murray's got some special attributes. Kyler Murray, for my money, has had some years where – yeah, he was a top 10 quarterback in football, right? Now, we can all argue about how good he might be. Can he lead your team to the promised land, you know, at being 5'10"? And, and you know, can he deal with, like like we talked about when, when we broke him down during my quarterback rankings, you know, can he play under pressure against good playoff defenses who don't let him run and collapse the pocket and all that? Yeah, but I think as far as proven quarterback – Hey, he's proven that he has he's 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 a really talented. He has some elite traits about him. And yes, I, I am gonna say that he's a proven quarterback from that standpoint. Proven Super Bowl, big time playoff, like make runs that way. Okay, we can debate. We'll see. He's gonna have to prove that part, but he's certainly proven as far as a starting quarterback, being able to lead a franchise and do some special things on the field that other people can't. So that's where I lean towards proven. I am going to say that he is proven, but that he still has plenty to prove. I got, That's a good way to say it. I like that. Be, because he's already checked the box. He's gotten the second contract. He's coming off the torn ACL. And there's that lingering, self-inflicted, unforced error by the Cardinals, painting him as being a guy who doesn't work hard enough. I mean, he's got things to prove. He's got to prove he's healthy. He's got to prove he's committed. He's proven as a guy who was good enough to be regarded as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Now what's he going to do with that? that he's kind of at, yeah. at, at, a, at a crossroads in his career. Agreed. Which way is this going to go? It's either going to go up or it's just going to Flat fizzle line out. Yeah. And he's yeah. going to be done in the next four or five years. I, I do think long. the standard for him is higher than the other guys we're talking about, right? That, that's the other thing. I think what we're, you know, he's a guy that we're going, wait, is it proven that he's a superstar and it does meet this contract? So I think it, 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 it's, I don't think there's any doubt he's proven. But like to what you're saying, he was the number one pick in the draft. He won the Heisman. He, what we want is him to prove to us that he's in the class of, you know, Mahomes and Josh Allen and Burrow and those top quarterbacks in the sport, right? That's where I think we're talking about. So I think he's clearly proven as an NFL starting quarterback. It's just his expectations, I think, are, are higher than that himself and all of us as far as what we expect from him. Let's take a break. When we return, three quarterbacks who have proven that they belong in the top 13 of the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. Number 13, number 12, and number 11 we'll discuss next here on this Tuesday edition of PFT Live.
Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Quarterback not in the top 40 this year because he's, air quotes, retired. Hanging out at Disney. Tom Brady letting the world see his... His getaway day, being a good dad with the kids. I don't want to be snarky about this, but Chris, you you got me stirred up during the break. Like, why can't people just go do things? Why does everything have to be a photo album that gets posted on social media? Everything. I I, I don't get it either. Hey, hey, listen, I, I, I Tom Brady is an awesome guy. He really is. I know he's an amazing dad. I'm just yeah. I, I'm a little bit old school in the fact where I'm always just like, man. You know, I just I look at it and go, just enjoy the ride with your kids. Why do you got to film yourself going down the damn roller coaster? Like, look, just enjoy it, being in the moment. But it's the way the world is. I'm just, you know, I, I guess I'm a little shocked by it sometimes because I'm like, man, I every TV you're on, you're on every TV everywhere. Why do you think you got to share us share every moment of your life all the time? I guess that's where I just I, I don't get it. And to the extent that we as a society are waking, I didn't expect to be talking about this today, but I'm going to go there. <laughs> As a society, we're waking up to the mental health crisis that is exacerbated by people who see all the fun, all the great times everyone else is having on social media, and they feel worse about themselves. I mean, maybe the people who are in a position to kind of shove their great life in everyone else's face should think twice about, you know, hey, here I am doing this, and everything's great, and we look great, and hey, here we are doing this, and we're all having fun, and we're great, and we're happy, and you're not. I mean... Maybe for the for the like the major major influencers or whatever they're called out there, maybe the, maybe there's a, a balance to that because yeah, people are going to see that and say, hey, he, hey, his life's great, my life sucks. So uh, anyway, I I mean it's serious because that's the root of it, especially for adolescents. That's the root of a lot of this comparing themselves to this this seemingly perfect life that they'll never have. And they're, they're the ones who are being left out of all these great events. All right, let's get to the top 40 quarterback countdown. But, but it, is, it is a real issue. It is a real issue. Um, and your kids are right in that sweet spot now, too. So no, no, no so, doubt about it. And listen, I, I think what you, said, uh, I, I, what you say is real there. I, I, am a, I, I hear you there. You know, I, even a guy like myself, you know, I sit here, I got a lot and got a lot of it. You know, you, you get stuck on that social media looking at what everybody else has got sometimes. You start to go, damn, wow, I need to do some work here, I, you know. And it is. It does seem like it's the, the influencers or the people that, yeah, got just tons of money and whatever that they do kind of throw it in your face. I hear you. I don't know if that's necessarily good for, you know, the rest of the general public. And, and I, I sit here feeling guilty that I posted the photo of the Gabagool spread the other night. But defense, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eat it. In you my jerk. defense. <laughs> in my defense. And I did. In my defense, I was under the influence. All right. Here we go. Uh, number 13 on the <laughs> Chris Sims top 40 quarterback countdown. Dak Prescott. Holy crap. Dak Prescott, number 13. Yes, sir. Below the likes of Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins. Oh, yes. boy. Oh, oh, I bet they love you in Dallas today. Well, you know, I, I don't know. You know, again, you know, the last time I checked, the Dallas franchise was throwing their quarterback under the uh, social media bus, weren't they? So, you know, they, they might be right along, along with me here in this conversation. I think the thing I would say about Dak Prescott, listen, he, he's, he's good at everything. He's not elite at anything. And last year, he missed more throws than ever before in his career. Missed more throws, plays on the field, played some of his, you know, played some bad football in some of the biggest moments of the year 
I think those are the things that I look at a Dak Prescott to where he's down a little bit. Listen, he's still real good quarterback. He can lead your team to the promised land. I, I truly believe that. You know, he's a tremendous leader. He's the guy you want to lead your franchise. He's tremendous in the aspect of he's a guy that can take all the crap that goes along with being the Dallas Cowboy quarterback, whether that's media attention or, you know, your owner throwing you under the bus there. You know, but at the same time, hey, he's a good runner, but I don't put him in the elite running category like some of the other quarterbacks in football, right? And then I also think his arm is not in the upper crust of the NFL. It's it's not in that class of the, you know, top-tier laser throwers in the league. It's somewhere between 10 and 15. So, again, there's a lot of things I like, certainly, but, you know, I, I, I think you know, the, the way he played last year, yeah, that, he, he, he can be better than that. And he, uh, he lost his way a little bit in, in some of those games and did not play his best football, lost his mechanics, and lost control of the football I think more than people realize if they really broke him down and watched it. You know, we, we made the point not that long ago that because of this contractual cycle Prescott and the Cowboys are in, because the Cowboys waited as long as they did to make him an offer that he would accept, they ended up over a barrel. He's got this contract that has a $59 million cap number Next year, there's been talk that it's imperative for them to get that deal extended. Jerry Jones said yesterday that not necessarily is that the case. They're careening towards something here. And at some point, and some folks in the media, I, I wrote about this, and I think they deliberately misinterpreted what I was saying just so they could take some shots. Not the first time that's happened. But at some point, the Cowboys have to ask themselves, do we keep paying this guy market value or close to it if he's not going to be among the the best performing franchise quarterbacks is there a point where we look for an off-ramp and start over and find another quarterback i, I, I hear you there the more the more contractual complication that he causes for them the more likely they're just going to rip the band-aid off at some point because if you're paying franchise quarterback rates but you're not getting franchise quarterback performance that's a problem. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 I think it's a legit conversation there. I do. You know, yeah. Do, do you want to pay him like, you know, like, like the top guys in the sport? Is he that? I think that's debatable. I really do. And I, you know, again, it was only, what, two years ago, right, when they went to Seattle? And remember Jerry Jones after the game talking about, hey, oh, Russell Wilson ran around and made all these plays and did all these things and, and, and carried his team. I sure like our quarterback to do some of that, right? I think that's what he's saying. I think that's what Dallas wants. You know, he's done a lot of good, and I don't take that away, but I think that they're looking for yeah, the next level, Dak. We want you to take over games and, 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 and big games in certain moments. You know, he's played in some games here as a starting quarterback and, you know, been on the better team as a starting quarterback in the playoffs and lost a few of them. You know, in the last two playoff appearances he had, he did not play well, you know, in either 49er game. You know, the way he played in Washington at the end of the year, he's done. He, listen, again, he does a lot of good things. He's tough in the pocket. He's a good deep ball thrower, right? But he's got a slower, slow delivery. You know, he can't flick it and doesn't necessarily throw sidearm throws and do all that. So there are some traits that he does not have that the superstars do have. And I think that's, you know, the conversation you're having and the Jones will probably have is, is going to be real at some point. All right, next on the list, at number 12, I love him, I love him not. Chris loves him enough to put him in the dozen at the bottom, but he's still in the top 12. Kirk Cousins, number eight for the Minnesota Vikings. Well, how do you, I just, I, 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 yeah, I don't, and again, I'm ambivalent. That's I'm, okay. I'm don't worry. You're about Kirk Cousins questions. on everything, so don't I'm ambivalent worry. about this. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Go ahead. You, you feel free. Again, I'm not God here. I'm, I'm not, you know, this ain't written in stone. I don't know how to feel about this, which I know. is exactly how I feel about Kirk Cousins. Well, well this, is, uh, Kirk, this is how I would tell you to feel right off the bat. We just go, with all the problems the Vikings have, Kirk Cousins is way down the list of the things you should worry about. But for some reason, you know, and I'm not blaming you, this is everybody. For some reason, when people talk about the problems of the Vikings, like Kirk Cousins gets put at the top of the list. And I want to be like, what? The guy who just threw the ball everywhere and made big plays and was clutch all year last year. You know, and my headline with Kirk Cousins when you break him down would be ridiculously quick decision maker and defense reader, and he was more aggressive 
this past year than years before. And I think that's where I he his play bumped up, in my opinion. One of just, you know, we heard Mike Zimmer and, hey, we, the year before, you know, make some more throws, be a little more aggressive, put pressure on the defense. He let it rip this year. And his ability to diagnose defenses and go through reads and make the appropriate throw is pretty damn phenomenal. And, of course, that's why the McVeighs and the Shanahans love him and O'Connell loves him. But I think it's down the field passing. Mike, that's where when I watched him next to, to Dak Prescott, and listen, the Cowboys are better than the Vikings. But when I watched them next to each other, I came away going, man, like Kirk Cousins doesn't miss any throws. If there's anything there, I mean, he hits it. And I can't say the same about Dak Prescott right now. Dak Prescott may be a better athlete, but, man, he left more plays and yards and mistakes on the field clearly this past season than Kirk Cousins. And that's where I give Kirk Cousins a lot of respect. It's not superstar type of stuff, but he he tried to his best play a little bit more, hey, get on my shoulders this year, to his ability. And I say this, Mike, like even with the Justin Jefferson stuff, I know you'd like to see it at the end of the year against the Giants, but yes. there was yes. there was still other games where he did do that, right? Where he went, wait, forget the concept. My guy over here is better than your guy. I know I can put it in a spot where he can get it and you can't, and we're just going to play a little backyard football that way. Even the, the Bills game, I feel like – Kirk Cousins three years ago, he wouldn't have thrown that ball to Justin Jefferson on fourth and 20 or whatever it was because he'd be like, well, he's covered and this is in the right play and read versus this defense and I'm a nerd and I got to do exactly what the coach says. And this year, I think he colored outside the lines a little bit and I think it helped their offense a little. He's willing to do it game on the line. He's not willing to do it season on the line. The next step in the evolution of Kirk Cousins, if there is one to be had, is to do it with season on the line. That whole play, and please don't don't play. I've seen it enough times since the season ended. It is so bizarre. It is so nonchalant. And I know Dexter Lawrence had crashed through the line, but it just happened so quickly. Like, what does he think TJ Hawkinson is going to do? It was like he hot-potated it. Like, uh-oh, what am I going to do? Oh, there's TJ. So what if he's five yards short of the sticks? It just was odd. And that was a strange final act for the 2022 season by Kirk Cousins, but it, it, it encapsulates where he makes the throws. He's incredibly accurate. He's incredibly durable. And he's incredibly consistent. That's right. But when you get him in a big spot, yeah, he's not going to carry missing. you. Right, right, right. Like what, And that's where it's like uh, it's a fine line between him and Dak Prescott. Des Dak Prescott can make some plays that Kirk Cousins can't. But Dak Prescott also throws some interceptions and misses some throws where I go, well, Kirk Cousins wouldn't have thrown those two interceptions against the 49ers. He wouldn't have done that. Kirk Cousins wouldn't have been, you know, 15 for 37 against Washington in the last game of the year. Like, that's not going to happen. You know, that's that's where it's it's close. It's nitpicky. But I thought, and you know, for this sake, and sorry, Mike, eat it. The G, man. You know, Kirk Cousins, oh, he had a better year. And, yeah, that's where the robot took over a little bit. And, hey, to his point, too, he's thrown the short of the sticks before and guys have gotten the first down. But, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. You'd like him to just see a make a play or go to your best player in that moment and see if he can make a play for you. And the winner in that game, by virtue of the fact that the Vikings didn't throw the ball beyond the line to gain, on fourth and eight was Daniel Jones, who comes in at number 11. Unproven a year ago, proven now. Giants didn't pick up the fifth-year option. They signed him to the long-term contract. He's the guy. He's Kirk Cousins with mobility. Yeah, that's, that's right. There you go. There you go. That's right. And he finally had enough support and coaching around him to where we could finally see what he was made of. You know, you know I've been a little bullish on him. You know, maybe I'm biased because I just like Giants quarterbacks. I don't know. You know, but yeah, I root for this guy. And I think the big thing is he made he made more with less as much as anybody in football this year. All right. And his size is a skill. One, he's on the short list of quarterbacks that again, like you've heard me say about a few guys already, that can throw over the line of scrimmage. People in his face, doesn't matter. I can still hit the guy fifteen yards over the middle. I can see him. I can raise my arm up. I can throw over everybody. That's where he's good. You talk about you know, accuracy and everything you said, decision-making. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's maybe not quite to Kirk Cousins' level, the decision-making, but it's not far off. And then 
I think his arm is stronger and more explosive. And that's where he's special. And he got a chance to show that this year. And then you got to get into the man's athletic ability. This is one of the best running quarterbacks in football. And one of the negatives about him going into the year was play more backyard football, scramble more, stop being the Statue of Liberty in the pocket and being Johnny quarterback. And he did that. Finally had some coaching. Finally had an offensive line that actually let him pat the ball from time to time. Quarterback design runs, scrambling, whatever. Man, Daniel Jones made a lot of chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what if you go back and, and dissect this a little bit. I, I think Daniel no, I Jones will – yeah, you know exactly what I mean. I think Daniel Jones will be dancing around this top ten for a long time now that he's uh, got the, the support system to show that, you know, what he can do and, and let his talents flourish. Yeah, when you consider that – I mean, he had Saquon Barkley, which is good. The receiving core was not there. You go upgraded right. this year. Right, they can be even better. He can be even better, and uh, he's an example of a guy who kind of hangs around and hangs around, and it finally clicks. You get good coaching. Yep, you have a team that is willing to be patient and not just throw you out after three seasons where you weren't quite what they thought you were going to be. You hang in there for that one more season, and everything can change, and that's what happens. So that, good that's for him. right. And all the way at number eleven. Yeah. All right. Well, let me um, say one more thing about him. One more thing, because his accuracy on high level throws is really important, right? And he's tough as hell, and you know all that. But but the other thing too is you know people like with Daniel Jones, they, well, how could you put him there? And look at Kirk Cousins' stats, right? I've had people come up to me and say that, or look at some other guy's stats compared. And I don't give a damn about that. That doesn't. It's what's there to be had. You watch Daniel Jones, and there's some games where he throws for 192 yards, and it's one touchdown. And I come away and go, he didn't miss a throw or a decision the whole game. That's all there was there to be had with Johnny No Name receiver. There was no separation, right? So he took advantage, and I come away a lot of the times going, damn, if he didn't make those four or five unreal throws, he would have thrown for 140 yards in the football game. So that's more what I judge it on, and that's where Daniel Jones thrived for me. And he's a guy that, you know, like you said, it's Kirk Cousins, plus he can kind of be like, hey, get on my back, and I can scramble and make plays happen outside the realm of the play, which I think he showed in, in a great way this past year. Right, we need to take a break. When we return, it's been one week since DeAndre Hopkins was officially released by the Cardinals and 11 days since we knew it was coming. Where is he going to go? We'll give you the latest when PFT Live continues right after this. We are, we are all about people that want to come to Buffalo. We love it, especially if they fit. And, and obviously, DeAndre's, uh, he's a heck of a talent. Uh, he, speaking of a thorn in your side, called a, a Hail Mary on us uh, a few years ago in the COVID year to, to finish that game. Hail Mary. Never ruling it out, but uh, no, he's a good player. And, and he'll probably command a decent contract. Can I comment on that? I just know the amount of respect I have for DeAndre. As you know, I coach Jalen Ramsey, and I've had to compete against DeAndre several times, but um, so much respect for his game, and we'll see where he ends up. But, um, you know, we're, we're excited about our group here. Um, I've got a lot of respect for him. You know, I, I actually met him this past offseason. Um, it, it's really cool for, for him to say that. You know, I, I think that's really high praise. I've got a lot of respect for him. And so to be here, that, um, you know, that's really cool. Um, you know, I, I think that decision is kind of out of my pay grade that's for the front office to, to make you know he's obviously a very talented special player um he's had so much success in the league over you know countless years um so i'm excited to watch him wherever he goes from bills gm brandon bean to chargers coach brandon staley to chargers quarterback justin herbert just some of the folks who have been talking about deandre hopkins he's been available as i said earlier for a week We've known for 11 days now that he was going to be available, and there still isn't any real clarity. No. There's a lot of baseline teams have talked about him. The the Bills aren't going to rule it out. You know, I, I think that collectively the teams recognize this guy's financial expectations. Exactly. Right. Before anybody's going to sign him. Right. That, and it must be that – He's so far above what anybody's willing to do. There's not even anyone thinking, well, maybe if we just go a little bit more, we can get him. No, there's no little bit more here. Yeah. There's what he wants, and then there's far lower than that what everyone will pay. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we've hit on it a lot, right, over the last two weeks, right? He, he's a little bit of the guy that I think scares teams to, to just throw out money to. 
because of the age. We talked about the injuries, PEDs, all of that, right? He's not the type of guy, too, that, you know, it, it needs to be a little bit of a system help, right? Even where OBJ, I know he's been out of football for a year, but OBJ's got the type of explosiveness, and you see it in workouts, and everybody sees it, where they go, wait, we can line him outside, and he can still run by anybody. It doesn't matter, right? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is not that guy. DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that you're going to have to put in the slot and put in certain spots to get him open. And he'll read the coverage the right way, and he's physical over the middle like you see here and all that. But those aren't the type of guys that people want to throw big money to. And then, like you're talking about, if he has a good 12, 13 games or whatever, is he going to ask for more money? How is that going to go? I think this is one where teams kind of just wait it out and wait for that number to go down and wait for him to get a little desperate and then I think that's where a team like the Buffalo Bills will jump into this conversation yeah I think it's going to be Bills or Chiefs unless somebody decides okay fine let's just go get him we have to have him and an injury could do that yeah it can happen in OTAs it can happen at minicamp and at a certain point Hopkins has to ask himself if I'm not willing to reduce my expectations my best interests are to wait and see what happens in training camp, what happens in the preseason. All it takes is one injury to a key receiver, and the door swings open for DeAndre Hopkins to have a landing spot and to get something closer to what he's looking for. Necessity will cause a team to overpay. And you've got plenty of teams now, and you're hearing it from, like, the Cowboys, they're not interested. The Jaguars, they're not interested. Well, yeah, they've got full complements of receivers. And they're stacked. Get a guy injured, exactly. then all of a sudden you may be interested. Right. That That's where it, it, it's, it's interesting, too. You know, usually we can find, like, two or three teams that we look at the Super Bowl window and go, oh, they definitely need a receiver to help them out. You know, th- there is a little bit of a lack of that this year. You know, like you said, Jacksonville's fine at receiver. They don't need anything. Cincinnati, fine. They don't need anything. I don't think the Chargers need anything. That's why they're not going to be involved in that. Philadelphia, the 49ers, the teams that he wants to talk about being contenders, they're, they're, they're out of the receiver mix. Kansas City, I'm not even sold. They really want to get in this. They probably will if it gets to a certain point. But from everything I know, they're very comfortable with their, their group they got there in Kansas City. Buffalo is still the one that when you just think like it just makes too much sense. They got Josh Allen, they're in the window, and there's a real need for another guy there at the receiver position. Uh, I I just still feel like when it's all said and done, they're going to be the team he ends up with. Yeah, I mean, I think for now they've got a number they're not going to budge from and see if DeAndre Hopkins eventually accepts it. But once he starts to drop, then you start to ask yourself, okay, Who's going to make the move first, us or the Chiefs? And we had that Juju Smith-Schuster TikTok video from the outset of the show. He's not with the Chiefs anymore, but he was celebrating with them. They could use a Juju Smith-Schuster replacement, and that's where Hopkins could fit. Yeah, no. I mean, of, of all the contenders, no. that's the one that you would say, beyond Kadarius Tony and Travis Kelsey, what do they have? Right. Well, you're right. that's where, you know, again, that's going to be maybe a little bit as they evaluate their – their receiver they picked, Rasheed Rice, right, from SMU, where Mahomes worked out with him. I think he was picked, in theory, to be that Juju Smith-Schuster replacement. He's kind of got the same size and measurables. So I think that's where they're, they're looking at that, right? And then, yeah, I don't know. How do they feel about, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scanling and a few of the other guys they got on the roster there? Do they feel confident enough that they're good there? Uh, maybe they're one of those teams that's just going to kind of wait it out like you're talking about, kind of evaluate what they got and see if, you know, that passed the smell test. And if it doesn't, maybe they'll jump in on the combo too. Quick break. When we return, Justin Herbert is a proven quarterback. Will he be getting his second contract before the season begins? We'll give you an update on that when PFT Live continues right after this. Yesterday at a golf outing held annually by the Los Angeles Chargers, Brandon Staley told reporters that contract talks for Justin Herbert are ongoing. What caught my eye, though, is this quote attributed to Justin Herbert by Lindsay Theory of ESPN.com. Herbert said that he has faith in the team. They've done such a great job of taking care of us, taking care of us and my message hasn't really changed. It's been an honor to be part of this team. It's great to come to events like this whatever happens happens and it's out of my control at this point whatever happens happens and it's out of my control at this point 
That is not a way that a quarterback should be thinking about his contractual future. It's not out of his control. It's fully within his control. He needs to take control if he wants what he wants. Joe Burrow said it a few weeks ago. I'm pretty clear on what I want. You, you have a say in this, Justin. You're no longer being drafted by the Chargers. You have options. You have leverage. You have power. And if you don't use it against them, they're going to use it against you. Yeah, I mean, yes, but, you know, I think it's another inkling into, you know, what makes a quarterback a little bit, and some of them can be just kind of, I don't know what the the phrase is, unassuming, you know, not worried about the finer details of this, and, and, you know, like you've always said, Mike, it's, it's, they get, it gets used against them, because he just, he loves football, he's a gym rat, he just wants to play ball, so he's not into the finer details there, and, and that stuff. And that does get used against quarterbacks. I mean, we're Mahomes, Josh Allen, they kind of feel like they're the same way too. Like, ah, it'll get done. It's my agent. You know, I'm going to be rich no matter what. How rich do I got to be? I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I just feel like that's what they are. With this one here, Mike, like, I feel like he's got to happen first, right? And then Joe Burrow, I don't, I feel like he's got to be the domino, right? I got to think. Cincinnati and Burrow are waiting for Herbert so they can one-up them because I think the general consensus would be, hey, Burrow went to the Super Bowl, was really close to going to the Super Bowl again, right? And he should be paid more, and I don't disagree with that. I think Burrow can one-up Herbert. I don't think Herbert can one-up Burrow. Right. If I'm Burrow, right. I don't care about Herbert. When I hear that comment yesterday, yeah, I don't care about Herbert because you know what? At the end of the day, Herbert is going to take a deal that is a different type of deal than mine. He's content. He's content to be underpaid. I got that vibe from that comment. Now, look, Justin Herbert is a very low-key kind of a guy, and maybe he doesn't care about the money. Maybe he doesn't care about it. You know, he can be talked into the Patrick Mahomes type of an approach where money is left over for other players, whatever the case may be. But when he says it's out of my control, whatever happens, happens, that is incredibly naive. That's not the way it should be. Don't surrender full control of your life to your agent. It's not, oh, I have my agent to handle that. Well, your agent handles it, but your agent works for you. You don't work for your agent. That It just troubled me that, that he's just kind of like accepting whatever they show up with. It's, it's good news for the Chargers. But I, I just think, again, you've got a limited number of years where you can earn this kind of money. They're only paying it to you because you play at a high level. If you didn't, they wouldn't be giving it to you. You're benefiting them. The contract needs to benefit you and ensure that you're properly taken care of for the risks you take. I mean, look at the injuries he's had. He had that week two chest injury that may have affected him for a lot of the year. He has a left shoulder problem that required surgery. You know, this is a big guy. This is like a Cam Newton type of a guy who maybe doesn't have 15 years in the NFL the way he's gotten banged around. So he needs to be sensitive to that. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. And, you know, like we always talk about, yeah, he's, he's got to be sensitive. You don't know how long he can play, how long it's going to last. you got to capitalize. you also got to push the market for the other players and quarterbacks in football. That's something we talked about a little last week. That is your duty. Uh, but, yeah, he is definitely one that I would categorize, uh, categorize as I don't think he really cares all that much as long as he's just in that upper stratosphere somewhere. I think he's content, and he'll, he's not going to make too much of an issue over this. Let's take a break. They're unveiling the cover of the new Madden game on Wednesday. We're going to have a draft today of some unconventional choices we'd like to see them at least consider. We'll do that next here on PFP. Who should be on the Madden cover this year? <laughs> Me. Why not? Why, why not? Well, what, what's the problem? What's the problem? What is the very problem? Ain't nothing. But if you want to be technical about it, it's got to be somebody that's exciting, interesting, breathtaking. One play, I mean, that kind of player to have you on the edge of your seats, you know that you can't wait to see what they're going to do. Tyree Hill. I like that cheetah, man. That cheetah, that, that cheetah ain't no joke. Let me see. Let me see. Jalen Hurts. At Deion, Deion Sanders did a great job with his little madden cover tease others did not i'm not going to name names rob gronkowski but Deion sanders is very natural and effortless and he's just got that natural charisma he could oh. be, he could be on the cover so let's they're going to tell us tomorrow who's on this year's cover of madden not that anybody even buys the physical game anymore but when you play it and you start it up they usually have this whole production 
that features the person who is on the cover. So unconventional choices for the Madden 24 cover. Maybe they'll hear us and maybe they'll make a late pivot away from whoever they're planning to do. Go. I'm always interested in who this is going to be, but I don't know. My, like, I mean, just unconventional. Uh, I, I think the the one I, I like, how about Mahomes, ver, like Mahomes and Burrow on there? That's the one I think about. To me, that's, that's the, the new rivalry in the sport. You know, it, it's Mahomes is the man. We know that he's the new goat and whatever else. And like you said, he's already an all time great. And now it's Burroughs got to got to beat him. And this seems like it's a real rivalry. That that was one that kind of popped in my brain pretty quick when when I saw the, the draft idea. Hey, the first one I thought of, and I mean, I don't think this is crazy and they'd have to work it out with his estate. But put Jim Brown on the cover. Mm, Do I it. hear you there. Right, right. Right, I hear you. Uh, th- that this that that might be one where maybe they do change it around real quick. Certainly, I mean it's uh, it's what most people would say is the greatest player to ever play, you know, football. And so uh, I I can get behind that. That's a good idea by you. All right, next one for me. You know, I like like kind of the receiver idea. It's you know, I'm I'm a I'm a little bit always a little like hey let's find anything other than just always a quarterback or whatever else but man we got some special ones right now like a little along the lines of like what I did with Burrow and Mahomes like would love to see a trio of like Justin Jefferson Tyreek and AJ Brown like to me the most three dangerous receivers in the game right now you know or whoever maybe it's you know Jamar Chase whatever but uh, I I think that would be a cool thing too give a little love to some other guys other than the top quarterback. Okay, this one is at least partially tongue-in-cheek, but how about Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre both in their Jets uniforms because we know how Damn. John Madden was so fond of Brett Favre. Damn. Right? I'm and, mad but, you but, but the, I can't believe you did but, this. I was gonna take I was gonna take it somewhere a little along that way. I don't want to see Brett Favre anything at this point, really. All right. I, so I agree. I'm a little in that. I agree. Right? I'm a little in that. So especially after what we saw last night. Yes. If, you know, make a pivot right now if he's on there in Madden, please. Um but <laughs> I think the other thing that I would throw on there that I was thinking along your Jets thing, right? There's two Jets being in the Hall of Fame this year. I'd love to see Rogers. Revis Island and Joe Klecko on the cover. That's that good. could kind of be a cool yeah. thing. I did think about that. All right, let's take a break. We'll do round three of the unconventional Madden covers draft right after this. Photo day in Seattle. There's DK Metcalf. And there's Tyler Lockett and a little photo bomb. And here's the final product. This is not the Michael Scott Halloween costume, if you recall that from season two of The Office, streaming now on Peacock. But it is DK Metcalf <laughs> with, Tyler with Tyler Lockett's head <laughs> on his body. All right, uh, one more. That would be that would be an unconventional Madden cover for Madden 24. What else you got? Well, I know. I, well, I you know I won't go the Jets idea because you you did that, so you won that one for sure. Uh, I'm like, how about some defensive love a little? I I just think of like, there's two guys that popped in my head that I'd love to see get love on there. And why can't we put them both on like Chris, Chris Jones, who's been a staple of a team. That's the dynasty currently right now. And he's one of the best defensive tackles and defensive players in football over the last five or six years. And Michael Parsons. I mean, Michael Parsons to me is the best defensive player in the sport right now. Uh, I would love to see those two on the cover. Give the defensive guys a little love. I thought about suggesting the Tampa Bay toothless twins that we had photos of earlier that get Ryan Johnson and they drafted that guy because that would just fit with the whole Madden vibe. But my final pick is Robert Hunt. Remember when he got that ball and the, the lineman and from the Dolphins and dove, dove in the end, in the end zone? zone. They actually have him in this year's game in Ultimate Team as a receiver. This big giant guy that runs like a deer. Because of that moment, and when you pick him and you you see that it's that uh, angle. Because when I first saw it come up, it's like, what is that? That's that moment. I think that should the be Dolphins the upper quartile, the upper quartile banner, or Mike McDaniel vape pen. One of the two. That could be a good one too. <laughs> Hang a banner. That's it. We're done. See, see ya. ya. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.